Podcasting to you from the center of Oklahoma, where today I have been sober for exactly 17 years. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. Well, congratulations, Tim, and podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma. I'm Andrew Hoffman, and I'm excited to introduce our special guest for today from the Rebunk podcast, Scott Armstrong. Welcome, Scott. Well, hey, guys. Thank you so much. Super stoked to be here with you. So we'll... We'll get into it more later, but you are a fellow, soon-to-be former Oregonian. Yeah, so, definitely. Interesting. Yep, yep, so, yep. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of overlap, so congratulations on the 17 years also. That's oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you, thank I, you. I, 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 mean just hit five, I just hit five years back in December. Oh, you did? So, yep, yep, so I'm, I'm on the team. Very so, cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, this so is... we got all kinds of fun stuff to talk about. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. But t- as, as far as Oregon goes... Yeah, so any of your listeners that may not be familiar, I uh, am here in the Willamette Valley here in Eugene, the captured city of Eugene. Oof. Uh, so it's a little crazy. Yeah. It's been a little crazy these days. And so happy to report that as of Friday evening, they lifted the mask mandate. Yes. And uh, I, uh, you know, I haven't worn a mask in a long time. Like there was a few instances where it was like, you had to, just for whatever, you know, I, had, I mean, mm-hmm. just. Yeah, anyway, whatever. I hate, I hate the, it's a very tar- dark time in my life that I'll never <laughs> get to take back. And I'm ashamed that there, but there were times where I like literally had to go into this place and they required a mask. It's like, mother. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Just, so, but well, yeah, so, so, but half the people are still wearing masks here. It's just, it's just insane. Yeah. No, it's just, Eugene is not all that close to Portland, but it might be, it's, it's neck and neck as the most liberal city in. Oregon. I would actually guess it's. I would actually guess it's more, but no, mm-hmm. more it's tie pretty, dye. But yeah. yeah, a little more tie dye. That's for sure. A little, that's a little more sure. of the classical. What I'm used to right. as a Northwest liberal, like crunchy granola. I like to get raw milk and eat my totally bathe in patchouli and then get my <laughs> get my what? organic vegetables from people I know their name. Like that. That's yep. cool. Like, that's I'm all great that. stuff. I'm into and, that. And it's, it's amazing because 
as a result of all this, I got pretty involved in the Freedom Cell movement, and we were putting together meetups pretty regularly. And I, I feel like that's a pretty big demographic of the people that would come. It's just exactly what you described, which is great. Uh, it was just it's just kind of funny because like okay, so I was in a band right up until. September 2021, and we were doing great, man. Like, it's just amazing music, and it really saddens me. But, like, there was one other member of the band who was, like, kind of there in terms of, like, being awake to what was going on, but the other ones were just absolutely not. <laughs> and uh, we came up with an album pretty early on in the pandemic, and uh, let's see. And I was like, you guys, I could, like, literally advertise this on the show and, like, probably sell a bunch of albums, you know what I mean? And they're like, nope, nope, they didn't want anything to do with the show. And then I'd always mm. tell them about all the meetups that I was going to. And they would they would be like, are you going to go hang out with your neo-Nazi friends this weekend? And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, literally, if you had any idea, it's like like the people of the medical freedom movement. It's like moms and, like, hippies, dude. Like, that's who it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, it's Eugene, Oregon. They're supposed yeah. to be hippies. Yeah. Come on. Yep. 100%. Yeah. But, uh, well, let, let me, I don't think I've told you, Scott, how I ran across your work. Awesome. So let, let me set the scene for you. Sure. So I, I was doing a hike from on the Eagle Creek Trail up to Wadham Lake. So this is Columbia Gorge. What you know, Eagle Creek Trail is my favorite hiking trail out there. Awesome. And so I'm burning through the the podcast and I had not listened to that much Last American Vagabond, but I happened to to listen to the one where he interviewed you the first time, mm-hmm. um, or well, about your uh, job experience in Oregon, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's where uh, I'm like, man, you would hit it off with with uh, Tim. Um, you guys have a a lot in common, and so recently heard you again when you interviewed um, Brian Christian on your new podcast on Rebunked. And so that's that's what what spurred it, but but uh, yeah. Do you want to tell? So you're on the trail, and then you hear this interview. Yeah, and I, I'm like that. You know, this is this is someone I want to find out find out more about, and um, you know, I, I don't want to tell your story for you. So what, why don't you? Uh, kind of talk about that part and then you can go backwards or forwards wherever you want to go from there. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Well, man, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Like Ryan, I've kind of gotten to know him kind of behind the scenes a little bit. And uh, and as part of my soon-to-be ex-Oregonian status, I'm actually headed to Tennessee, just having to land on that for various different reasons. Sure. So I'm going to be in your guys' neck of the woods for sure. Sure. But, uh, and then and just like, it just, after that, I started realizing there's all these other people that, I kind of know that are out in Tennessee and Ryan's one of them. So like we've talked about like, we're going to get together and play music and stuff. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Like I have so much respect for Ryan and like what he's been doing. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the business that's hitting it as hard as he is and just day in and day out, just, just, just annihilating whatever the narrative is. And so big props, big respects. Anybody that's not listening to the last American vagabond, like that's especially like the sources too. like go to the, whatever video it is, whatever topic, Mm -hmm. like he just puts all the sources. It's just such an invaluable resource. But anyway, so I guess it's almost worth going back a little bit and just kind of mentioning, I kind of got in this whole podcasting space. So um, there's like early on, and this, then this leads into, you know, how I ended up with Ryan and all that. But anyway, early on in the whole COVID thing, it would have been like probably 
just about this time. Like, wow, happy like two years. Like, what was it? Like thirteenth <laughs> or something? They locked everything down. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. Geez. Actually, it might be the yeah a couple yeah, days ago. Fifteenth, maybe close give to, or take. Like we're yeah. just right there in it. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so it was literally probably like April ish. My buddy Ed and I were like, you know, looking at each other like, man, this is insane. Like this is this is not there's something bigger going on. You know what I mean? Like for me, it was when they shut down sports, like they shut down yeah. all the sports, like basketball, the, football, the NBA, when that one shut down, yeah. that was like a marker. I was like, wait, what has happened? They shut down the NBA season. Like what? Yeah. yeah that to me, that was like, oh man, this is the big one. And I'd, I'd kind of been into, you know, all the conspiracies. I've been listening to like Sam Tripoli and those conspiracy guys and higher side chats for years. You know what I mean? And so I was kind of like maybe somewhat tuned into what it was. But the funny thing is, is like Ed, <clears throat> he was kind of more tuned in to the vaccine scene. Um, mm. He'd been involved with, uh, you know, medical freedom activism for a while. Um, with his kid's mother, um, she kind of woke him up to that. So they they were way into like, you know, vaccine stuff way before any of this happened. So he kind of red-pilled me on a lot of that stuff. And we were like, man, we need to like, like at first the idea was to like make t-shirts. Like we were just going to make t-shirts. You know, his idea was make a t-shirt called COVID-1984. Like, and like, you know, we're one of a million other people that came up with that probably in the very <laughs> beginning, right? You know what I mean? And so that was the plan. And then, and then we both listened to a lot of podcasts and we're just like, dude, let's just start a podcast. All right. But of course, you know, it's all that negative self-talk, all that self-doubt, like, oh yeah, there's already a million podcasts out there. Nah, can't do it. So, but we did, we just, we just figured like, you know what, it's worth doing. So, um, I had another friend, Megan and, uh, the three of us got together and started a show called Truthzilla, the Truthzilla podcast. And man, so that was just, that. It, actually, we got some traction real quick. We started networking with a lot of other podcasters and stuff. And meanwhile, all this time, I'm working in the uh, addictions recovery field. Um, I'm a certified drug and alcohol counselor. Nice. And that that's pretty much been my career the last few years. You know, it's like, I finally really just started getting my act together again <laughs> when this whole thing kicked off, you know, and I was like, actually in a damn good career, like doing big things. And then all this happened. And anyway, so I was at, you guys will get a kick out of this story. So I was at one agency and, uh, it was just doing outpatient, um, for guys that were just getting out of prison while doing the show at the same time. And, you know, I was like learning how to podcast, how to edit videos, how to make memes and just how to do all the stuff behind the scenes. You know what I mean? And just loving it. Just love it. I mean, this is like, this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? And, and, and but still we were kind of early on in the process and I was uh, editing one of our episodes and I made a meme, a photo of Kate Brown with a Hitler mustache. Right. And uh, <laughs> it was like good. a photo of her, like, like rage, like yelling on stage. And I just, just kind of put a little photo, like a Photoshop, like little Hitler mustache on there. Right. No big deal. Anyway, yeah, I wanted to like, it. She totally deserved it. I wanted to edit it into the episode and just like show the meme in the episode. So it was on my phone that I made the meme. So I wanted to do was email it to my uh, my laptop. I needed to get it to my laptop. So I basically just emailed it to myself. I wasn't even thinking. I pulled up my Outlook email on my phone, which was my work email. And I emailed it to myself <laughs> using my work email. <laughs> and I came in a couple of days later and uh, the boss was like, uh, we got to talk and pulled me in the room and pulled, up, pulled this like, piece of paper out of his pocket. He's like, did you email this? And I'm like, holy, wow, really? <laughs> like, so they somehow intercepted that email of me emailing a photo of Hitler with a Kate, uh, Kate Brown with a Hitler mustache. And uh, they ended up firing me over that. 
Well, and the, so. there was a, there's some vaccine element to that too, wasn't there? there okay, was, so now yeah. here's the thing. So now the story continues. So now yeah. that's just a little side note. I don't know. I've talked a little bit about it on the show, but anyway. So then what happened was uh, so my boss, like luckily he like he was super on the level. Like, dude, this sucks. I'm gonna totally go to bat for you. Like, it's a bunch of BS because. The whole office would email just insane photos of like like ripping on each other, you know what I mean? Like they'd like it was just we were just a bunch of guys like in an office, like we'd email like like we're just clowning on people, like find a picture of like some adult guy like in a diaper and like photoshop right. the other guy's <laughs> face on it, email to him like, hey bro, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Just like trash talking. But of course that that email, that particular one, that brought down all the wrath. So but anyway, I was I was I'm you know, I'm pretty good at what I do. And uh the boss is like, dude, I'll just make a phone call over to this other agency and I'll just get you right in, man. It's no big deal. So sure enough, he did. He like called over there and like, hey, you guys should scoop this guy up. He got caught up in some politics. And so I moved over to this <clears throat> other agency. Now this, uh, this agency I put on blast. Like at first I wasn't really kind of, I was kind of keeping it under wraps, but I have no problem nowadays speaking up about it. And, and I'll get to that in a minute. But so, so this just, is the agency I was working at again, doing outpatient counseling when all the mandates came down. Sure. And so just be clear when you say agency, is it like you, did you work for the state of Oregon? No, no, no. So, so okay. it was, uh, it's a place called Willamette Family, Willamette okay. Family Treatment Services in Eugene, Oregon. And it's a, uh, it's a fairly, it's like one of the larger inpatient residential right. so treatment centers here. Probably run a lot off government money. Like, But people, it is run off government money. People get sentenced yeah. to go to your treatment center. Like it's like a, the government sends people that direction, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like, so, okay. for example, like mothers or parents that get involved with like child welfare, a lot of right. times they'll get mandated to attend residential treatment there. So, yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> so yeah, so that that was uh, that was my gig. It was great, loved it. And then all this came down, and literally all I was doing <clears throat> in the workplace was just kind of making myself available as a resource in the beginning. Like, I was just like, they were sending out these work emails, like these agency wide emails saying, like, hey, we're going to require this this shot and everyone's going to be expected to take it, blah, blah, blah. And I would send out an agency wide email and said, Hey, so <laughs> if you want some information about doing religious or medical exemptions, let me know because I'm, you know, I've been like doing. <laughs> so you hit like, reply all to the. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And then that's, uh, th that's awesome. that brought, that brought down the wrath. And yeah, then, I can imagine. Well, so what happened was, was, uh, I mean, there was a bunch of, there's some other stuff that happened at, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. But, uh, that was the big one that really brought the heat down. Yeah. And ultimately that. what happened was I got fired because they said they went into my computer history hmm. and found that a few months ago I had printed, and I didn't know this at the time when I talked to Ryan Christian, this was after like, cause they denied my unemployment hearing. I was sitting down with their, and everything. And this is when like all the discovery happened. I actually found out like their reason. I didn't even know why they fired me. You know what I mean? They said it was a violation of their technology policy. I'm like, okay, really? Okay. Yeah. But they said that I'd, uh, and, and I did, I did, you know what I mean? Printed like a, sh a return shipping label for like an Amazon package, like six months ago. It's like, <laughs> oh. like, I needed to print a shipping label to return something. If I, just, that was I did a, it at work and they got me. So if that was a fireable offense, I think half the country could get laid off for that. I know that's what I'm yeah. saying. And even the yeah, judge if, at the unemployment hearing was like, you guys didn't give him a warning. Dude, I used, <laughs> no, I like, used to work at a car dealership. The, yeah. There's a UPS pickup in the back. Yeah. So literally you just bring your Amazon thing in a box, yeah. print the thing and leave it in the back. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway. So, so that was their justification and, yeah. and, and, and I get it. They said that I was like subversive and causing problems there. And like, literally I was not being rude or You're kind of confrontational. I like literally just 
made myself well i thought that in the back of my mind i knew it was kind of like half ruffling some feathers and also half like uh maybe somebody would get some value out of it and the funny thing is is that i had a bunch of people call me and email me other employees that were like oh my god i can't believe there's anybody else in this organization that feels the same way i do i'm super scared i don't want to do this and i gave all kinds of people all kinds of resources and emails and links and uh, i've got like this whole like i was able to like aggregate all these like you know like uh uh what is it god it's been a while since i've done this what's the frontline america's frontline doctors they have a bunch of good resources Mm. and and some other like forms and stuff like that so i was actually able to connect with some people and like this one lady called and she was just like in tears just like oh my god i'm so scared and i've been able to stay in touch with her um you know and so I don't know. It's you're great. Just a, it's you're fine. basically a thought criminal, and they got rid exactly. Of you. you just you you thought the wrong thoughts that you're not allowed to think, and you mm-hmm. actually told other people like the cardinal sin. You can't be spreading around these thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you you can't let other people know they're not alone exactly. in questioning yes. the, the yes. propaganda. You know, yes. you, yeah, you have to maintain the illusion that that you're the only one. But so, uh, so. I'm, yeah. Only one not formally from Oregon on this podcast, but I was in Seattle for this whole okay. ordeal. So, so that's almost, yeah, that's almost even worse. It was in a lot of ways really, yeah. really worse. It, and it makes me think too, by the way, just recently when I'm hearing about all the people, like you just mentioned, there's a bunch of people still wearing masks, even though it was oh, supposed yeah. to be over. Well, Seattle went a day later. I think they ended it on Saturday. So they, they okay. wanted to, that, you know, Inslee wanted that distinction of like, I really yeah. want to be the last guy. Like I, I was the first one to bring it down. I want to be the last one to lift it. So anyway, but... <laughs> What I'm hearing is that there's still some people wearing them uh, at you know that I hear from people up in 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 the in Seattle. Those aren't the people I'm necessarily concerned about. I think I'm more concerned about all the people who are just like, yeah, I think I think since the guy since the governor says we're done today, I'll be done today, right? Yeah. And they were not. They were the people who emailed you, right? They were the people who were just going to comply to go along. Probably, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like indifferent, maybe, maybe yep. leaning more towards. I'm just not leave too me sure alone. I'll put on my mask and do whatever they yeah. tell me, but just leave me alone. And that, yeah, I think that group was a lot bigger. The more I think about it, than we were led to believe. It's oh, just totally. they they weren't allowed to be. You know, you were vocal. I was somewhat vocal. Yeah. The other side was allowed to be as vocal as they want, but there was a ton stuck in the middle that were like, "I yep. just want you guys to stop freaking out on me." So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that that's the majority. Like in the beginning, it was like they were like bragging about the vaccine numbers. It was like 15%, 20%. And then that's when the real, you know, then it started off with like the incentives and then it started with the the pressure and the shaming and then the coercion. And I feel I like that, that, that initial like- I wasn't going to get it until they said that I could get a joint for free. And I was like, well, yeah. if that's the case, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I can get high this afternoon. Yeah. Or, or a lap dance and all yeah. that, all that yeah. fun yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So- so I feel like maybe that first 10 to 15% were like actually the legitimately diehard, like they're the ones with like, you know, they're just waiting for the fourth booster now at this point. Yeah, this your January, but, February, March vaccine. Yep. yep. But that big, you know, from then on, you yep. know, from where we're at today, that 50% chunk in the middle after that, yep. that's guarantee that was just like, well, you know, have probably half just like, yeah, I guess just whatever. And absolutely you know, heartbreaking to see yeah. them. Because I yep. saw them go from like, yeah, because I worked at a place where a huge amount was vaccinated. I was one of like two or, th- I don't want to say two. I would yeah. say there was less than eight of us and it was an organization of 60. And yeah. having st- had multiple talks with people who were like, never, this is dumb. I would never. And yeah. it's like, 
they would come in and it's like, well, yeah, you know, I did. I went to the doctor yeah. and, or, you know, they would come in. My, my uh, father-in-law wouldn't let me come over for Father's Day. So I decided to get it. It's like, oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> and uh, Scott, maybe, maybe you ran into some people like that too, where they said they weren't going to get it, got it, and then became, you know, missionaries for it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got like, family members, family member that I talked to that hadn't been in touch with for a while. And they're like, oh, we should meet up if you're fully vaccinated. And I'm like, oh God. And then it came out that like they're working for the state of Washington for their like vaccine program, like for their health and human services mm. division. I'm like, oh God. Okay. Well, well, I'm moving to like at the time I was like, well, I'm moving to Florida. So there you go. That's where yeah. we're at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you, so when I heard your, that first interview, yeah. you were, you were saying, oh, I'm going to stick it out in Oregon. Yeah. And I, and I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like, man, get out, get out. Yeah, like, because totally. I had already decided I was leaving Oregon. I was going to Oklahoma. Yeah. And so what was it that kind of pushed you over the edge? And then how did you end up deciding on Tennessee? Totally. Those are great questions. Before I go there, I just want to say, while I'm on the topic, and I always try to bring this up, just Willamette family, like I'm not going to let them get away with this. As an organization, as an inpatient residential treatment program, they were denying people access to the residential treatment program based on their vaccine status for oh, a while. Good. Wow, good. Yeah, yeah, we got heroin addicts and, uh, and yeah. drunks that want to get better, yeah. and they don't want a vaccine, so you're not going to let yeah. them in. So That's good that, stuff. Yeah, that was happening for a while, and which That's was above stuff. and beyond. There was no mandate. That was not part of the mandate at all. That was something the agency took upon themselves above and wow. beyond to just be extra, extra virtuous. You know so, what I mean? I'm this is a, after, I'm after meetings have been shut down for a while, yep. you yep. know, like, oh, just meet on Zoom, yeah. right? Yep. I mean, yeah, exactly. I know several people. I just found out somebody I didn't even know had passed away last night. I met with a, with a friend, and mm. they said, oh, yeah, so-and-so passed away, like, few months ago. I'm like, what? So That's I'm an so addict crazy. alcoholic. Like, so back in my using days, yeah. we talked about that. I mean, shoot, I started the podcast off with it. Yeah. Um, I never got any vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it really wasn't top of mind. There yeah, exactly. Was, so, so that, but, but so anyway, horrible. so I was just going to say, just like to kind of tie that piece of the story up. So like actually Oregon health authority stepped in on, see, we all know the Oregon health authority is the one mandating all this crazy stuff, you know, right. the, the, the vaccines, the masking, Cramming up with all these crazy policies. They're the ones writing the PDF files saying like, well, if you're going to play in a park, just don't. And you're going to sing, don't sing too loud. Like they're <laughs> oh, writing yeah, think, these types think, of documents. I think so they're we insane. read that on the show, by the way. Yeah, they're, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, so they're insane, beyond insane. And they stepped in on Willamette Family and said, yeah, I think you guys are taking it a little too far. You're going to have to pull that one back. So that's how, that's Willamette Family for you. So there's other treatment programs around here. Yeah, so- <laughs> You know, I just, I just, I just always have to put that out there. Cause like, God, anyway, no hard feelings though. Right. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, but, so but don't, uh, don't print out a label, you know, we'll go, yeah, whatever we'll you do. De deny so, treatment over vaccine status to, yep. to patients. That's, I don't know if I've heard, I mean, I, well, bad. I've heard hospitals denying visitation abilities totally. based on vaccine status, which is terrible, but, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's next level. Bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So anyway, so I've been wanting to get out of Oregon for a while, you know. Um, at the time, if even that that interview with Ryan, this would have been back in August 2021, you know, I still have so many attachments here. I was still in the band. Um, I was trying to, with, with Truthzilla, I was trying to be like, Ed, Megan, come on, you guys, like, let's, 
let's figure out like an exit strategy here. You know, like I know they had lots of, uh, you know, they've, they've got a lot going on. They all have families, you know, they've got pretty much their whole lives are here. It was, it would have been a lot more effort for them to pick up and, and move, you know? So, mm-hmm. but I was always encouraging them just be like, Hey guys, like maybe we can just start thinking about it. Cause I didn't want to, you know, we had to stick together as a team, you know? And, uh, but unfortunately, so, so around January, you know, I mean, really the only thing I could say about it is that like, just the band broke up, man. Like we reached a point in the show where we had different ideas of where we wanted to go with the show. And we kind of reached a point where we weren't able to move forward, unfortunately. And uh, so I ended up leaving the show. And it's like, that was like the most devastatingly heartbreaking thing ever. Because I just poured my heart and soul into Truezilla, man. And it's just like, oh, shit. So, so anyway, so Rebunked. The new show, I'm super excited about. Don't get me wrong. But that was born out of, you know, kind of that transition. Um, sure. So, you know, I kind of realized... After, because there was about a month break in between, um, really starting rebunked, and after having left Truzilla, and during that time, I was just like, okay, well then this is it. I owe it to myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going. That's it. Period. So, I made the decision to go ahead and just pull the plug and leave. And I hadn't quite figured out a destination quite yet. Now, uh, I was looking at, you know, obviously all the all the free states. I looked at Oklahoma, Texas, Florida were kind of the big ones, and Tennessee also was on the list. But uh, I kind of want to go back to doing what I was doing, counseling-wise. And uh, I was looking at the different, you know, because each state has a different, like, certification process. And I believe, which is kind of interesting, like, Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken, and Texas, you need a bachelor's degree, I think. Interesting. Which I don't have. And I think it's Florida, you need an associate's degree. And I'm just, and I don't have either any of those. Out here in Oregon, you just, you take a few classes and you get like a thousand on the job hours or something like that. And then you're certified, you know, it's almost like if you've lived it, you might have an idea of what it is, Totally, regardless of whether or not you can memorize four years of baloney with a piece of paper. Exactly. (laughs) And and I've kind of figured that like, you know, some of the, the red States would have like a more laissez faire approach, but I think it's kind of the opposite, honestly. So I think, yeah. Progressivism has been better in some ways for some of the recovery and drug stuff, but totally. So uh, pardon my, uh, Naivete. Uh, yeah. Did Truthzilla continue then without you, or the, the whole band well, is broken up? Oh, man. So I think they're going to continue on, is what I heard. Okay. Um, but this is pretty recent, like a month or two this Yeah, up? this was the end of January. Okay, got it. When that happened. I think and, the uh, most recent podcast, it looks like on their sites from the 28th. So that was the yeah. last one you were involved in. Yep, yep, yep. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I was doing most of the technical stuff. And so. I kind of left it with them in ah, terms of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like know. if I left this podcast, Andrew yeah. couldn't continue. That would be our last episode. So <laughs> I mean, it's not, not so not, much I mean, that you know we we've I, gotten along for twelve years. It's just like we're both kind of necessary components to the operation. Totally. So totally. So anyway, I mean, I really hope they do continue on, and I wish them the best, man. It's just one of those things. Meanwhile, just, you got a new one called Rebunked, and you got six yeah. episodes, five episodes in the can, and you're moving yep. along. Yeah, I got, think yeah, I think I got six awesome out. I got two. There, I got one that's dropping here tonight, and then yeah, I got some big ones coming. I'm super excited. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I I really enjoyed your uh, Celia Farber. Oh yeah, thank those. you. Yeah, so that's. Uh, I've talked a lot about the Robert F. Kennedy, you know, real Anthony Fauci mm-hmm. Fauci book on on this podcast, but uh, yeah, she is one of the main people in it, especially on the the whole HIV AIDS Mm -hmm. 
controversy. So, and you had an interview with her recently, so people should definitely check that one out. So. Yeah, I, I was super grateful for her for coming on for sure, and that was an amazing conversation. I thought like she's just um, <laughs> she's literally been in this battle, like this battle that you know came to the forefront during <laughs> COVID. You know, this battle has been raging on since the '80s. I mean, like it's yeah. been raging on for decades. The same tactics, the same people, the same corruption and financial just chicanery, just the whole thing. Like it's it's been kind of like un, under like you know, behind the scenes, just raging. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Got us to where we're at with it, you know. She could have told you about Anthony Fauci and and how corrupt the CDC and NAID was 30 years ago, practically. Exactly, so, yep. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, she broke some of these stories, like with like Peter Duisberg mm-hmm. and just people questioning AIDS science. Like, that was like, Man, I can't even imagine. Like when we thought questioning COVID was bad, sounds like right? that was yeah. almost even worse back then. Yeah, one of the things in that book uh, that I that really struck me was the idea that Fauci brought the politically correct methodology of thought control to medicine, mm-hmm. and he he did it first with you know with AIDS. It's like you can't point out that like. Well, here's just this one group of people, intravenous drug users, you know, these are the people with the problem. Maybe we should figure out what's what's causing it in that group of people. Oh no, it's gotta be a virus. And if you if you suggest anything but it's just a, a vi- virus that's gonna kill everyone, you know, you're you're a bigot was kind of the idea. So that yeah, was totally. a, kind of genius on on Fauci's part and obviously is been taken to a whole new level now but but yeah so jump back into it so you're you're like i'm i'm leaving so you're and where did uh where did tennessee come up there well so i think primarily it started with me just looking at the different states you know policies like regarding the reciprocity for the certification like it sounds like i could probably just take what i have and maybe take their test and or then be certified like honestly it looks like so i could go back to work pretty quickly Although I'm, do, I'm interviewing for a remote job right now that I'm really kind of hoping works out, but I don't know if I should divulge that or not, if that's jinxing it. <laughs> but anyway. Well, I, you know, believe it or not, uh, no one's going to, from, from that job is going to hear this podcast. So I, okay. I think like, you're, you're not going to jinx it one way or the other there. So. Well, maybe, maybe some people are going to like swoop in and apply for it too. It's a freaking <laughs> awesome gig. But. Yeah. It's with, so. uh, it's with, uh, okay, I'll just say whatever. I don't care. So uh, I guess, you know, Dr. Tom Cowan. Oh, was, yeah. How do you spell Cowan? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, C-O-W. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Tom Cowan, apparently he's got like a huge like supplement store. And nice. They're, okay. they're hiring for like sales reps. So I'm like, all right. Oh, man, that's awesome. And it's like a salary. It's not like commissioned or whatever. It's like actual salaried position. So cool. And I kind of like, yeah, found my way into that. And then like I emailed the the recruiter and I'm like, so yeah, like I've interviewed Tom Cowan. Like, <laughs> like yeah, what's up? <laughs> For sure, so, nice. that should yeah. that should put you on the fast track. Having interviewed yeah. him previously, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm stoked. I'm stoked. But no, anyway, so that was my job, my main yeah. thinking of Tennessee. Just like you know, and then just like looking into it, like man, this place looks beautiful. Looks amazing. Yeah. 
And uh, music-wise, like it's like the music capital of the world. Yep. Like Nashville and Memphis and all this stuff, man. Like, How whoa. do you feel about humidity? And do uh, you know why they call them the Smoky Mountains? Oh, is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> because it gets so humid there, smoke appears between the hills. Oh, wow. <laughs> Steam. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's okay. Fair you enough. Oregon, you poor Oregonians out venturing out of your area. I'm trying to warn Andrew that the heat is coming here in Oklahoma very soon. <laughs> okay. Is it dry? Is it dry heat? Here in Oklahoma, humid in no, Oklahoma it's, it's going to be humid here too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But See, hey, I, was, I, was, I was looking at Florida it, and that was like the main thing that turned me off about Florida. It was just like, I hear it's just like hell when it comes to humidity. Yeah, I, I think Tennessee is less so than Florida. Okay. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah All absolutely. right. Well, we're just going to do no, it, man. I'm, I'm getting out of here either way. I don't well, care. In, are you, you going to be in Nashville area? <laughs> Actually, I'm looking at Chattanooga. So okay. like I was yeah, saying, yeah. I got involved with the Freedom Cell movement here in, in uh, Eugene. And I've already got plugged in with them out there. And it looks like they're just like doing the deal. Like it's, That's they're awesome. just cranking full speed. Like out here, we started one mm-hmm. and uh, we had lots of people trickle in and out. And I got to know some really amazing people, but for some reason there was just never just like this cohesive momentum to really just start, you know, doing skill sharing seminars or just whatever, you know, but I'm in this discord in the Chattanooga area, Freedom Cell, and they're just like, cranking like that's awesome like that. yeah just like and then there's this other community i kind of landed into that seems like like kind of a homesteading type deal it seems like they're doing a lot of stuff as well and so just getting plugged in with the people who are kind of already further along as opposed to like with us we were just trying to like get the ball rolling and it was kind of hard to do and maybe maybe it was my fault i just i don't have any like major like organizing skills or anything like that but anyway so we tried. I tried my due diligence here, but um, yeah. And then just who knows, man? Like I really just, I feel like whatever's coming down the road, I feel like something's coming. Yes. Whatever it is, you know, yeah. having community is going to be the number one asset and just having our own supply chains. Yes. You know, and if well, not, I, just, I really want to like get involved with, you know, my, my ideal would be like, you know, I'm not in a position to like buy any land right now or, or you know, get any sort of like property, but like maybe go do like some sort of just working on someone's farm. Like I'd be totally, that'd be amazing. I would love that. Something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I predict you will not, uh, you'll not regret this decision. So sure. yeah. that's, uh, you know, I, I dragged my family to Oklahoma sight unseen and, yeah. and I'm very happy that, that we did. So totally. That's literally what I'm doing too, man. I just, so I just got a truck too. My first truck I've ever owned. I just, uh, it's a nice 2013 Tacoma. So I'm like a canopy. So I'm just going to throw everything I got left in there, leave all the rest, head out. And uh, I've got enough savings right now where I probably don't have to go to work right away. So I'll have enough flexibility to like find something. And then like, I don't even know where I'm going to stay. I'm just literally going sight unseen. I don't know. I have no idea. Good no idea you, where the road's taking me, but I'm just going, man. That's awesome, man. Good yeah. for you. Good yeah. for you. You're, just, you're thirsty for uh, some justice and some freedom. Yeah. You've just had it with the Northwest. I can I can relate. Yeah, totally. And so it's pretty exciting. And then another just little fun thing that I added to this trip. So have you guys heard of Float Fest? No. Okay, no, so in Colorado. Float, Float, what, Float.app, it's a social media platform, up-and-coming social media platform. It's uh, kind of, they, they have like crypto integrated into it. Um but really the idea is that, yeah, it's just like a 
freedom-minded, liberty-minded, um, you know, alternative to all these other gigantic uh, platforms. And they're, they're in like the beta phase. They're about to like go official, but they're super cool. It's run by this husband and wife team named uh, Aaron and Kingsley Edwards. And they're just super cool. Like, you know, these young crypto folks, like um, super into like the anarchist community, like Anarchapolco and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, so this will be the second year they do Float Fest. And it's just going to be this big, like, five-day get-together. Like, Sam Tripoli is going to be there and Eddie Bravo. And uh, last year it was Del Big Tree, And then just a bunch of other, like, other podcasters and, you know, all these folks that I've kind of, like, half the itinerary, it looks like, like, is people that I was able to interview on Truthville. So I'm actually going to be able to hang out with them all in real life. And that's down in Texas. So last weekend of... April into May, I think it's like April 29th, 30th, 31st, like May 1st and 2nd, something like that, down in Goss, Texas. And super stoked about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you be take the long be, way there. Yep. I'm going to swoop yeah. down through Texas and, yep. Yep, and then swoop back up. Yeah, we, yep. we actually have some, some friends in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, there is a so this is I think from from your timeline I'm guessing this is before you were in into podcasts but there was a podcast called Future Quake. Okay. And it was uh with Dr. Future and Tom Bionic and Tom Bionic is in the Nashville area, yep. right? Yep. And he does uh he he works at a is it a drug rehab? No, he works for a homeless shelter in Nashville. Homeless huh. shelter. Yeah. So nice. he. So this is, and he's done that for a long time. Yeah. Like this is, I don't know, pushing fifteen years or something, maybe even longer. But um, yeah, he's he's a very cool guy, and so he was, <laughs> you know, ten years ago telling both Tim and I like what are you doing in the Northwest? Like, get out, like, come on, come out to Nashville. Like, let's go. And, you know, I know I, I don't know, I won't speak for Tim, but I'm like, oh, come on. You know, the, <laughs> the Northwest is beautiful, man. I'm never leaving yeah. Northwest. Yeah. And uh, we, we left it. He was right. So he, he's still like, you know, well, you guys went to Oklahoma. You're practically to, to Tennessee. <laughs> you yeah. know, we're, we're trying to, to tell him, well, we came most of the way. You can, you can meet us back here in <laughs> in Oklahoma, but so it's right on. But yeah, you know, I don't know. I hear Nashville's kind of it's kind of like it, I've heard it's like Portland, like it's well pretty bad. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't been there recently. So when we went to visit him in like 2013, I regret not buying a house there immediately. Like 20, oh, wow. like 2013 <laughs> would have been this. That would have been the time because totally. it was just. Like the the edgy areas were just starting to turn, and it was just like, anyway. But yeah, the, all the you know the the coffee shops are filled with the super long beards and the twisty yeah. mustaches and the the long pour you know coffees and all this other stuff. It's pretty yeah. hipstery, um, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't think it's gone the way of Portland, but it, maybe it has. I don't know. Sure, it, it, and of it, course that's coming from somebody who lives in a free state and so their idea of what like portland yes. actually is yes is yes less. you can't really describe to be and that's another thing too by the way once you get there i don't want yeah. you to like i'm gonna i'm gonna prepare you for something once you yeah. get there nobody cares about oregon 
Nobody cares yeah. that Oregon was overtaken by a communist governor or that Seattle was. They're just like, they look at you and you say, I just moved here. And they say, oh, why, where did you move from? And I say, Seattle. And they just look at me like, why in the world would you move here? Like, right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they don't know. People around yeah. here, because why would they know? Their life has pretty much totally. been the same for the last year. They had two weeks to you know, flatten the curve, maybe a month off of work, and then things got pretty much back to normal. Masks became optional, and we all moved on with our lives. But wow. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of like, well, why is everybody moving here from like, the East Coast <laughs> and the West Coast? Like, what's what's going on? I mean, it's, yeah, but, but I will say compared to, because I went and checked out Idaho last mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. And kind of the, the feeling I got in Idaho was like, too many people have moved here already. Like, please don't. That's kind of what, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure isn't doubled. So yeah, yeah. No, I bet. I mean, it's they're just feeling overrun, both with Californians and then people from the Northwest. And so I'm like, oh well, Oklahoma should be like, you know, I'm going to be the first one who's thought of this. No, 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 really. Yeah, there are it, people moving here for sure. Trying to uh, trying to buy a house, found out very quickly. No, not the first people to consider moving out yeah, there. Yeah, I've spoke to real estate agents and stuff. They said that California is the one where people literally just get online, look at a Zillow listing and be like, yeah, yeah, that one. Offer, That's hilarious. O- offer 10, 20 grand over. I'll take it. Just take yeah. it. I'll take that one. And Yeah, I heard, I heard uh, like you, or let's see, California ran out of U-Haul trucks because everyone's yeah. leaving, but no yeah. one's coming back. <laughs> yeah. If you want to take a U-Haul from Oklahoma to California, they'll dang near pay you to do that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I, I, I've heard of that. So I have another friend who's leaving as well, and they were looking at renting a U-Haul to go from Oregon to Tennessee one way, and it was like three thousand bucks. Yeah, but if you were to take it and then drive it all the way back to Oregon, it would have been like eighteen hundred bucks or something yeah. like that, <laughs> yeah. like like half the price. So they were thinking about doing that, driving out, driving the truck back, and then flying back out. <laughs> just oh, get a, that would be cheaper. Just get a pod. Hmm. I, I recommend yeah. the pod. Oh, so the. You the round more. trip was eighteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. The round trip was like oh, half the price because okay. you bring the truck one way. Because yeah. yeah. no one's no one's driving them back. Everyone's <laughs> leaving and no one's coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I just so I just this evening went with my family to a pizza place in uh, mm-hmm. Norman, which is where Oklahoma University is located. Go in there, and this Italian guy. It's like straight out of a movie. He looks like he's on The Sopranos, right? Like he's nice. got his shirt open. He's got this gold chain hanging out. Hey, come on, welcome in. What's going on? He starts talking to us. And it's this pizza place that I went to when I was young. So I was just like, hey, how long have you owned this place? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I only owned it for three years. And da, 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 da. I'm from Queens. And I was like, oh, you're from, how did, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I can't take New York anymore, man. He's like, all my kids live there. And you couldn't, if you paid me a million dollars, I would not move back there right now. I can't stand it. And as I was like, well, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're here. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I moved down here three years ago. I was like, yeah, COVID really kind of made everybody. He's like, I oh. knew before COVID that New York was going down the tubes. So I wow. moved to Florida. And when I got there, I said, hey, everybody from New York is down here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I tried wow. to leave all you people. So I found a, I found a friend and I moved to Oklahoma City. We, we bought some pizza places, but it was it was awesome talking to him. But, it, you know, it just helps you feel, you know. Because you know we 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 ostracize ourselves from work. Some of us send mass emails about how to opt out of how to opt out of vaccine mandates. <laughs> others, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, others of us just uh, r- repeatedly tell everyone, 
No, there is no way. If you want to fire me, you can fire me, but I am not going to over and over and over. And then keep talking about Bill Gates isn't good. And maybe you guys should start looking at this a little bit differently, but either way, we all kind of, we feel like we've done something kind of against the grain, but it's nice to like move somewhere to, to, to make the effort to hear about somebody like yourself, to meet the pizza guy and realize, you know what? There is a lot of people who are not just un, like, that was the worst part of the, about the whole vaccine mandates. It's like, well, there's a lot of vaccine hesitant out there. I was like, well, who is that? Cause that, that ain't mm-hmm. me. I'm not hesitant at all. I already yeah. have my answer. Yeah. So, but it's yeah. just good to meet people like yourself and the pizza guy and everybody else that, totally. you know, there are Americans who care about America and care about just good freedom and, and, and being, you know, free in a free country and being able to not stick government mandated chemicals into our bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it seems pretty basic to me. Yeah. You know, one of my pretty- favorite sayings I was at, actually, we were at actually at a demonstration up in Salem and this guy was like, we were marching. I think this is the one we were marching to Kate Brown's house from the Capitol. That was pretty cool. You were anyway, in that one? What's that? You were in that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I were you like there that. too? No, I wasn't there, but okay. I sure did. I sure did kind of keep track of that one. That was, that was cool. Yeah, it was fun. Of course, it was like the governor's mansion. She was probably somewhere else, like definitely yeah. not there. But and still, I was, was rooting for you guys. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun. There was this guy with a megaphone uh, marching with us, and he was just yelling on the mic on the microphone, megaphone. What part of freedom don't you understand? Yeah. And I was like, dude, that is just that's it right there. You know, we made a shirt, like Truezilla T-shirt shop, and says, "What part of freedom don't you understand?" It's really that simple. Like, yeah. you need me to explain it to you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just but you can't, but you can't you can't have. If, like if freedom is good as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, right? Totally. I mean, that's because <laughs> you can't hurt anybody else, right? That's it. Well, well and, or, and or my some, feelings. Somehow right? you, you can't might hurt, my hurt someone by not wearing a mask, even <laughs> though there's yeah, it's yes. Well, I, once you, you get beyond actual physical aggression into like you know words and germs and everything else, it's. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you, you get the excuse for the government to control everything. But, honking. Uh, honking yeah. is now yeah. a violent yeah. act. The only thing I've learned, not the only thing, but the main thing I've learned since March of 2020, exactly two years ago to now, propaganda is a heck of a drug, man. Oh, it is, gosh. It is a heck of a drug. I mean, it's split families. I mean, yep. you can't come over. There's been a couple tweets that have gone fairly viral, like, hey, my brother-in-law finally called and said he was sorry. Now that the... Yeah. COVID is over for not inviting us over for Christmas, but I'm not ready to get back with them. And it was, it was, it was something. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I'm, if, uh, if I don't have kids, I'm still in Seattle. I'll tough it out. I'll figure out how to figure this out. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick it. I'll stick with my, my people there and try. And I had already found a, through James Corbett, I actually found someone found me and was like, Hey, you need to be part of this group. Come over here. And they were already doing some of this freedom cell stuff. They were homesteading. Nice. They were looking after each other's kids. They were raising uh, chickens. They were doing all the stuff. They were trying to beat the vaccine mandates and showing each other, like there was a lawyer in the group and wow. I had already kind of found a way forward. I really liked my church there and everything, but I'm looking at my kids. I got a five-year-old and a one-year-old and it's like, yeah, this the, the only thing, even if they lift the mask mandates, so I don't want to send my kid to school to be masked up because it's pointless, right? It's basically, yeah. it's not for his safety or anybody else's safety. It's compliance teaching. Yes. It's compliance oh, yeah. training. Yep. I'm not sending my boy, who I'm going to raise to be as wild and to question authority as possible. I'm not sending him for compliance training for eight hours a day. 
But even if you take away the masks, I don't want them to grow up in an environment where we are surrounded by people who at the drop of a hat will be like, yeah, yeah, let's all just mask up and come on, shoot it into my arm. Give me three of those and let's get back to normal. It'll be great, right? Yeah. No, I'm not into it. And I just don't. I left the state when I was uh, 19 years old. I said, it's flat. It's boring. Nothing ever happens here. I'm out of here. And yeah. uh, now I have kids and I think flat, boring, nothing ever happens. Sounds about right. There you go. <laughs> so. Exactly. Man. And I think just another thing that's just been exposed is just the whole public school system in general. Like, oh. you know, there's been people that have been speaking out and rallying against that for a long time. And like, now it's become pretty mainstream. Like the whole yeah. psyop of like, oh yeah, homeschool kids are just going to be weird and whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> just here in Oregon, like there's a. You're speaking to one, you know, you got an Oregon uh, homeschooled kid right on the other end of this line here. There you go. Yeah, I was, I awesome. Was, I was one of the weird ones there. Exactly. There. You see, you turned out great. You turned out very principled and, and uh, so. you know, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. But like, you know, I think we're entering a new paradigm where now people are like just out of necessity finding these alternative solutions that maybe we should have been looking at this whole time, like the pod learning. Um, mm-hmm. There's this one, this lady we interviewed, I can't remember her name. It's one of the Truth Hill episodes, but she had started something called the Roots Outdoor School down in Medford. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a whole outdoor yep. schooling program, you know? Yeah. Kids um, get dirty and play in the dirt yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that sort of stuff. Like, who knows if any of that would have been born out of. And then Ed, like his kids, he talks about it openly on the show, you know? But, uh, you know, they found a, a, a schooling place of a bunch of teachers who left the public school system and started their own thing. Like, it was through a church, I believe. But, yeah. So his kids, four and five years old, like, no masks, period. No. Yep. So yep. all these alternative institutions are popping up when it comes to that, because it's just, you turn on the news and it's just like, it's just insane. Like what's yeah. happening in, in schools these days. And it's just, the kids are just under attack, man. Yeah. Like it's just scary. And then oh, how yeah. that's become like acceptable. And like, you're an intolerant bigot. If you're not on that same level, like it's mm-hmm. just it, mind boggling. Here, and here's, here's what really, really got me. So, Andrew, for some reason, decides we're, we're leaving and, or he's leaving and he just starts texting me like, Tim, you got to come with us. Tim, you got to come with us. Tim, you got And I'm from here. Like my family's here and everything. So it does yeah. make sense. And he just keeps bothering me and bothering me. And as I'm, as I'm kind of going through all the motions and sorting this through in my head and praying about it, doing all this stuff, the, one of the things that continue to drive me over the edge every single day is I would drive my boy to school. And when I was driving to school, we drove to a private school because I'm not sending my kids to any public school of any kind, period. I'm a public school graduate somewhat, and I don't recommend it at all. Much less, much less. Yeah, yeah. And we're both addicts. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, see, there you go. (laughs) No, but um, what I was saying, so, uh, you know, in Washington, they're actually giving sex education in kindergarten. It starts. That's where it starts. And so it's just, you know, it's just a little bit and then we'll move on through each of the grades. So I'm like, you know, not only is my kid never going to public school, he'll never set one here for sure. So anyway, I drive to this school and it's probably, I don't know, 10 miles. I don't want to get too lost in the weeds here, eight, 10 miles away, but I have to drive through several school zones to get there. And it's raining because it's Seattle. So outdoors, it's 40 to 50 degrees and it's raining and it's gray. Okay. And outdoors, I go through two elementary schools to get there and all of the kids are outside and they're fully masked up. Oh, geez. <laughs> and they're, and they're, and all the kids in the, in the crosswalk are fully messed up. And all the kids walking from the car to the, to the school are fully messed up. All the kids, as I go through walking along the sidewalk, fully masked up. But what drove me crazy 
was most of the parents that were walking with these kids weren't. Mm-hmm. And that there, there, there's not a few things. There's actually a lot of things that make me angry. <laughs> that one in particular really boils my blood because I wear it as a badge of honor. I think when I wasn't there, my son may have donned a mask once. And, and he was like, would never like, he's five. He's not, he's not going to keep it on. Like, it's like literally like, no, I'm not keeping this on. So I wore as a badge of honor. Like, yeah, he's not going to wear a mask. I would do it. Like I had to do it for work if, because that's, that's just the way I was yep. making money for the family. And it's yep. too dang expensive in Seattle to not have a job during COVID. Yeah. And so I did it for all these other reasons. And I, some of some of my regrets, some of my don't, some of them were just trying to get by, but never once, you know, I went into stores fully just, you know, I may have a mask on if I have to, to get food for the family, but he's not going to wear one. And it just blew my mind that there was parents that were like not wearing them and putting them on their kids and then sending them off. It's like, what is wrong with you? You know what that is though, right? Do you feel safer because they're masked up? Do you really think that this is like, I, if you, if you won't do it, then what, what is wrong with you? Like it really bothers me. And no, Tim, they, they were vaxxed. So yeah, that's they, what I was going to say. That's the, what that is. Oh God. This was the parents are able to be vaxxed, the... but the kids are not able to be vaxxed. So that's, <laughs> that's what that is. It no, is so dark. Ugh. That is dark. And it, yeah. if that's the answer, I'm, st- I'm not, that's I'm, it. No, I'm no less mad. It's no, just, it's like it's, even more infuriating. It's terrible. Well, he and made so it. as soon as they can get that injection into that kid, like, oh, good job, Timmy. Now you can take your mask off. But, it, you know, they did it long enough to train them. They did. And and I, kind of the same thing, you know, just the little neighborhood I lived in in Cascade Locks, Oregon. Driving down there, I see the kids get off the bus. And they're walking home with in the pouring on. rain yeah. with masks yep. on. Yeah. Not one of them ripped that mask off, even though yeah. they're walking most of them by themselves. It's I like, live, oh, man, and they're I broken. Live, Close to an elementary school, and I would watch that too. They would walk home with them on. Yep. Yep. Same thing. I see that here all the time. It's, uh, yeah, they've been act- absolutely uh, acclimated to it, and it's probably just uncomfortable for them to take it off at this point. Yeah. Like my this- boy made it ages one through five, never donned a mask. I'm proud of it. Now he can Good. live in the state where, you know, now we have cows for neighbors. So ain't nobody. That's worry awesome. About it. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the people that are listening to this conversation from, you know, a non crazy state. Are like, why are these guys talking about masks? Masks haven't yeah. been a thing for like, <laughs> come on, no one wears a mask. Like this oh, is, man. you know, just enjoy it. Once you get, uh, you know, it, depending on which way you head out of Oregon there, you know, once you get past Hood River and the even pretty much past the Dalles, if you're on I-84, that's where you hit the edge of the mask land. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, after that, forget it. Yeah, once you get outside the Willamette Valley in any direction, like it's just it's like Trump flags everywhere. It's I got I got to Coeur d'Alene and I go in this like diner that's supposedly a famous diner and they have these giant cinnamon rolls. And I mentioned to the, I was like, you know, everybody's completely unmasked in there, not a single one. Yeah. And I mentioned to this guy standing at the front. I'm assuming he's probably the owner. His pictures on everything. And I says, you know, this is great to have no masks and everything. He goes, where are you from? And he goes, oh, I'm from. I said, I'm from Seattle. He goes, oh, I was from Seattle once. Welcome to free Idaho. And he's like, <laughs> Welcome to the rest of the country. That was it. Oh. Gosh. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Yeah, you, you got your route picked out for your Uh, You know, drive? I'm not 100% on that, honestly. I, I think uh, I, may, I might go swing up through Portland. I told <clears throat> Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pill. Are you familiar with that show? No. I, oh, I just heard was 
listening before we started to to part of that conversation. Yeah. But, so yeah, you know. I had him on. Uh, yeah, he's he's a great guy, man. He he started his show, or basically brings his he brought his like, I don't know his his mother in law, Deborah, who's fantastic. She's a great sport. But she's like this super blue pilled, um, you know CNN. She loves CNN and lives in San Francisco and just like triple vaccinated <laughs> all this stuff. Anyway, he brings her on the show and he brings on experts on like all the things, you know, like child trafficking and and flat earth and like just red pills. So <laughs> it's a great show. Fantastic show. One of the best shows I've, I've ever come across. But anyway, he's, he's become a friend of mine and he lives up in Portland. So told him I'd probably swing up there because he just got some property a little bit outside of Portland. And so he wants to show it to me and then I'll probably head out from there. So yeah, I think 84 heading out on 84. Yeah. Go that, that route. I, I got to, well, I got to say you guys, Western uh, Oregon uh, or excuse me, Eastern Oregon, Eastern Oregon. Yeah. What's, I don't know. Um, I, I, there's better places. It's not not a great place. <laughs> there, there is, and so I, I took I-84 pretty much as far out as you can take it. And, but this was December, so okay. and I I happened to time it uh, where it was like record warm temperatures, like we had no weather issues whatsoever. So super thankful for that. Yeah. Um, but if you you know if you're going in a little warmer time, looking for scenery that. The part of Oregon you drive through on I eighty four, and the part of Idaho you drive through on I eighty four, not the best. Definitely yeah, that's not. what I hear. Yeah. And I've I've made that road. I've made that drive. I've been out yeah. to Baker City. Did a nice trip okay. out to Baker yeah. City. So yeah, pretty. I know what that's it like. doesn't. It doesn't get better past Baker City. So. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Nice to say. I'm not saying you shouldn't go that way. Just totally. You know, it's totally. Yeah, man. Yeah, that Baker City trip. That was a. Oof. So this is just a comment on the state of state of like it's, it's an interesting story. Just the state of um oh man, just drug policy in general. Sure. <laughs> so I was working as a peer support for the drug court program here in Lane County. So, you know, peer support's like the best job ever. Like I kinda wanna just go back to doing that if I end up back in the recovery field. You know, not as much paperwork as a counselor. And you just literally just like a like a recovery like coach. Basically, like you take guys to meetings and you like take them on errands and they go to doctor's appointments. It's the coolest job ever. Anyway, so this one guy got a bed at a treatment center in Baker City <clears throat> and uh, from Eugene. And so basically you, you get you get clients a bus ticket and there was a changeover in Portland at the Portland bus station, but we lost a lot of clients there. Like they'd take off and go get high and mm. never come back. So yeah. Yeah. Downtown so, some, Portland some, transfer for a drug addict. Maybe not the best spot. Yeah, exactly. Know. Exactly. It's like sometimes it was appropriate, but sometimes it wasn't. And so this particular client, they had me actually drive him, rented me a car, drove from Eugene. We left at about seven in the morning and I was going to get to Baker city. I figured by like four in the afternoon, something like that. And then we're going to get me a hotel. I'd stay overnight and drive back the next day. And, uh, so his drug of choice was fentanyl and mm. uh, got him got him all the way to Baker City about four in the afternoon, drove all day and uh, got him there, checked him in, dropped him off. And I said, look, man, if you ever, if you feel like leaving, just call me before, you know, we'll, we'll chat about it. Just, just hang, hang tight. Now in this part of the country, Eastern Oregon, there's no cell service. So I even, we'd even had to stop at like a Safeway just to get Wi-Fi service for the last little bit of maps, map direction to get to the treatment center. So anyway, I dropped him off, said, all right, man, take care. Call me if you need anything. See you later. See you when you're out. And I left and I drove 
I was going to come back through Bend. I was even looking, I was going to do like a big chunk of driving. So it was about eight o'clock at night. By the time I got to Bend, I saw there was like a meeting there at like nine I was going to go to or 830 or something like that. Had my whole night planned. I had a hotel reservation in Bend. And uh, when I got to Prineville, like I finally got cell phone reception and my whole phone started blowing up again. Like, bing, 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 bing. I'm like, what the heck? And it was my boss, like the drug court people. Like they'd just been calling me for like the last several hours. And they were like, dude, we had a big, we have a big problem. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> Apparently that treatment center was not equipped to detox people from fentanyl. And so oh. they were kicking them out, like literally on the streets. Like they were oh. like, sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. And I'm like, what? And like, literally the, like, like they won't take them to a hospital. Like there's no hospitals. Like they just, they can't do anything for them. Like you're gonna have to go get them. I'm like, what? So, so I'd driven another four hours at this point, you know, so quick time out, quick time out. It, yeah. What is, what is, what is fentanyl, uh, detox look like? Is it similar? I, is it similar to heroin? You know, I'm, I would imagine so. I don't think that there's really much of a difference one way okay. or the other. I still think it's not uh, life-threatening in sure. the sense that like um, I've heard of like life-threatening complications when someone's like super just malnourished and like their bodies are like already given out type and of alco- stuff. Alcohol will kill you too. Yep. Alcohol withdrawals and yep. benzodiazepine yep. are will, will, you can die from the withdrawals from that. Yep. But like but heroin, This is meth, a bad, bad day basically. Yeah. It may be unpleasant. Yep. But it's not necessarily life threatening unless there's other major complications going on. You so know? we have sweating, bad, bad dreams if they can sleep. Not, not yeah. a great day, but it just seems yeah. insane to kick someone out. Yeah, they literally were kicking him out. And so I got the order. I had to go back and get him. So I drove back and I got back there at about midnight, picked him up, and he was detoxing hard, like kicking mm. hard. And really, the only thing I could do, like, there was no, nothing else I could do. Like, they just had me driving back. And dropped him off at his place so that he could go get high. Like, that was it. So then, mm. picked him up at midnight, drove all the way back to Eugene. And I got back at about 7 in the morning. So I literally drove for, like, 24 hours straight. <laughs> oh, man. With this guy, like, the last seven hours, like, him kicking. We kept having to pull over so he'd throw up. And it's just, like, to me, that's, like, very uh, emblematic of just how broken our country's approach is. to, like, drug treatment. It's just, like, there's just not anything available, you know? You look at other countries— that have different approaches. Like one of the ones I like to look at is like Portugal. Sure. You know, they, they decriminalized it to the point where it's not like a criminal offense. You're going to go to jail the rest of your life. Like, it's just like, here, we're going to give you some help or some sort of thing, you know? So I like that approach, honestly. And they did decriminalize drugs here in Oregon. Um, but they didn't like it. Did, the plan doesn't work if you don't like then go and like provide services for these people. They so, just basically decriminalized it and said, now we're just not going to arrest people. So what, what you're you. saying, what you're saying is basically if you run your entire state into the ground and then decriminalize uh, drugs, yeah. not necessarily the best route. Probably not. Probably not. But I think it's like, it's like a two fold approach, right? You, you, you make it not a, a police matter, but like a social matter. And you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe that's not the right approach either, but I've heard anecdotally, like in places where they've actually done it, like the Netherlands and, Portugal, like there's actually huge like improvements and we're all just like crime and addiction and death and HIV. And now, well, now I'm questioning the whole HIV thing, but anyway. (laughs) Well, well, the, the problem too, if you decide, okay, we're Portland, we'll do this. Well, now you're, you've put out a (laughs) a flashing light to anyone who's like, well, I can either do drugs where I'm at and maybe go to jail for it, or I can do drugs in Portland. Totally. So what do you, totally. And, and again, you know, I, I, 
I think it comes down to just like no one's going to stop. No one's going to change. No one's going to do anything until they reach that rock bottom. So have you watched, have you seen The Wire? Oh man, gosh. When I was like in high school, don't remember it. But remember that he he basically, I think it's season, I don't remember which season. It's like maybe three or four, but the, the police, like Lieutenant or whatever, that's real close to retirement, Bunny Coleman, Mm -hmm. Colvin, he, uh, he makes a, completely legal place to shoot up like this couple of blocks and they call it Hamsterdam or whatever. Okay. And, and that becomes just, I mean, it looks like downtown Seattle now is what it looks yeah. like, but they're all, it just becomes, yeah. Anyway, but it becomes the place where everybody goes and totally. Yeah. There, but there's no services. Like a, a guy comes through there and it's like, you know, Hey, we need services. You need, you need to hand out clean needles. You need to hand out condoms. If you're really going to do this, there's a, there's a follow-up to how you do this, but totally. Yeah. And and it became kind of a, a, it's a good, good show. Oh yeah, totally. I remember it being a fantastic show. I just, uh, it's all, it's a long time ago. Totally. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's, that's just the, I didn't even realize until I was just describing it. Maybe I do have like 1% of like socialist in me. I don't know, dude. It's just just (laughs) weird, man. And the other thing that really blows my mind about all this too, is like, you know, working in the field and, and this is just, I don't know, maybe your listeners are going to tune out after this, but like, here in Oregon, they have like Oregon Health Plan, right? Universal health care, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, a lot of these services wouldn't be available if it wasn't for Oregon Health Plan. But now, and so I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I can see that. Like it's a lot of all my clients, this last job were moms who gave birth in the hospital, tested positive, and had to go to residential treatment because of child welfare. You know what I mean? I'm like, God, mm-hmm. these people would be so screwed if there wasn't like some sort of like safety net here. Like it's just crazy. But then the argument being like, well, no, we just need to revamp the whole system. Like the answer is not the universal healthcare. This is like going back and like so the answer fixing to, the damn system. Dude. The government's problems isn't more government. You mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. and we already saw where they want to take it, right? Yeah. They want to say, oh yeah, we'll give you healthcare, and yeah. and private healthcare will be too too expensive for you know everyone except the billionaires or the, yeah. you know, the super rich. Uh, but by the way, we're going to tell you what you have to do to get that exactly. healthcare. You know, 100%. you're going to need to and get the vaccine. You're going to you know, yes, we, we cannot it. afford to give them any more leverage on us. You know, and and yeah. they're pushing. You know, the 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 healthcare, the digital dollar. You know, oh, all yeah. these things that they're CBCs. trying to implement. Well, yep. <clears throat> something that uh, my wife has been really fired up about ever since this started, mm-hmm. and I think that you may have actually seen and could kind of shed some light on is. Just the enormous amount of people who were probably on the edge of of not being able to make it and who had been working their butts off and then COVID hits and they start, they're locked away. Like I couldn't, you know, I, I don't know if you're single or married or what your status yeah. is, but I couldn't imagine being single during this whole thing. You're locked away for months at a time. How do you go on dates? How do you do these things? And people just turn to drugs and alcohol. And totally. the amount of suicides that have gone through the roof, the amount of uh, uh, drug addiction that was already a problem that has gone through the roof has been, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's unnerving. And it's something I don't see in my day-to-day life anymore. I don't go to meetings or anything uh, like that anymore. I'm just mainly, yeah. you know, my life is between a, you know, a lot of diapers and trying totally. to keep, trying to keep a boy from tearing apart my house, which is a better life in some ways, but what does it look like out there in the field where you're trying to uh, trying to help these people? And, and is it as bad as, as what I think how that I think it is? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been pretty bad, man. Like um, 
you know, working in the field, I kind of have a perspective of both being somebody that was in the recovery community as sure. a person in recovery and sure. also being able to see from like a clinical standpoint, like neither one of those are very good at all. Like I would just tell them, cause we were doing all of our outpatient stuff. Like I was like an outpatient counselor primarily for everything, you know, that I'd done so far. And all of our groups were over zoom, you know, and there's like, <sighs> You lose so much yeah. therapeutic value Absolutely. in that. There's like almost no therapeutic. Like we, I was able to make some good connections with some people. Um, but at the same time, I would always tell them like, you guys, if you, like if I had to like get clean right now doing what you guys are doing, I just don't know. I don't know yeah. if I would have made it. Yeah. Like the odds are so decreased. Like it's so evil what happened, man. Yeah. Um, it's to drive the, 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 the lower classes or the people that are on the edge right down to the bottom. I mean, it's yep. just... The whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing is just like the perfect recipe for an addict. You know, it's just oh, yeah. fear. Nothing but fear. You're just being pumped with fear. You know, that's our number one thing. Just then, fear, 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 fear. And then you're hidden um, away from family members. Yep. Isolation. Can't, can't see people face to face. Yep. Fear, isolation. And then, hey, here's like 1600 bucks. There you go. Here's like a free 1600 You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the perfect all recipe. All at once. Yeah. More than once. Yeah. 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 All, all at once. Yeah. yeah. The perfect recipe. And uh, uh, I know lots of people who went back out. I know lots of people. I know a few people who, uh, let's see, a few people that died. I know at least one person who actually took his own life intentionally. You know, it's just, it's just been the most devastating thing. And then as far as like our recovery community goes, like they, for a while they had all the meetings shut down. There was a few renegade meetings that would pop up, but uh, those meetings got taken off the meeting list. So our little community here, like the area service committee for the 12 step programs without mentioning any specific ones. They, uh, basically, if you were doing in-person meetings for a period of time, you were taken off the meeting list. So people would go to the website to look for a meeting and you that, that meeting wouldn't be there. So they were taking it upon themselves to make sure that people couldn't go to the meetings to whatever degree that they could control that. So we created like this whole kind of like underground network of meetings that were meeting in person. And like for most of 2020 and 2021, the beginning of it, like we were just meeting in the park park meetings every night, six o'clock, <laughs> you know, and that, that was actually Cause. like pretty well attended it, through the winter, everything like it was intense. Cause there's those people that, you know, they go from one addiction to the other and they get addicted to yeah. meetings. But let me tell you, uh, hanging out with uh, strangers who have similar problems to you, yeah, uh, a good addiction <laughs> to have yeah. as, as you could learn to kind of share and, and speak to other people. Totally. Um, face to face that works over zoom. Not really. Not really. Uh, th- and and that was one of the things that, you know, Andrew and I really have struggled with, uh, with the Christian community. We're both Christians and we go to okay. church and whatnot, um, is that the, a lot of the churches were just like, yeah, we're good. No more meeting in person. We'll, we'll just do zoom and oh. stuff. And it's like, you know, I don't think that was what <laughs> Jesus was talking about. Like at all, yeah. like he was kind of like, let's get together. Let's feed the poor. Let's praise and worship. Let's do stuff together. It wasn't like, yeah. It's like like all these oh, people. The, the governor says no singing, yeah. and you have to wear a mask. So we'll just. It's, it's the same. It's like Jesus singing. standing there with the Bible, or Thomas Jefferson with the Constitution. The yep. over over the top of it, it should just say unless there's a virus with a 99 percent survival. Exactly. Rate. In, in which case, just throw all this out the window. That's my favorite we, meme with this whole thing. We gotta exactly just right there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah I think it. it's the, the Ben Franklin where he's sitting there you know, writing, and Thomas Jefferson says. 
But if there's a virus with a 99% survival rate, then just throw all this out the window, oh, right? Of course. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Sa- same totally. for Jesus, right? Jesus is like, yeah, no more meeting in person if there's like this really bad virus. I know I healed the sick, but you know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you got to stay home. Totally. And, and, and that's been a frustration for us. I, and it, it, it's, it's, it's evil. I can't put it any other way. It's absolutely evil, especially when it comes to you, you and I both know, and, and anybody who's been around addicts know that you are very, 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 you know, delicate in, in such a, a, a very, like, just kind of uh, scary time when you're young into it. Like, you start looking at, okay, can I do this? Could I get sober if I could? Could I, could I not do it for the rest of my life? That sounds insane. I can't yeah. do that. And we're, we're, you know, literally where you're back in those days, like, okay, I can make it a day. I can make it a day. Yep. And then it's just like the governor's like, no, don't go to work. Your job is canceled. I'll send money. Yep. Just stay home. And it's like the only thing on the computer now is like, what are you going to binge Netflix? Yeah. Addicts are probably going to start looking at things that are going to please their dopamine. So they're going to go to porn. So now yeah. you're like stuck in your house with a screen, yep. no drugs, or you, you know, you do find drugs, no friends, no other people, just insidious, absolutely insidious. And it took out a, 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 a good portion of the population that they never had to worry about is, you know, becoming part of an uprising or whatever. And now it, it's made the areas that were already on the cusp of being bad, Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. it's just insane. I mean, it's, it's pushed mm-hmm. everybody so over the edge and the suicide numbers. Have, I'm a veteran. The veteran mm-hmm. suicide numbers have gone through the roof. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, you can't t- take people away from other people. And it gets all the way down to like, hey, you're not invited over for Christmas. It's like, what? I come over for Christmas every year. Yeah, but you're not vaxxed. And, mm-hmm, you, know, right. gram- you know, I don't want you to kill grandma. Or, you know, I don't want to hold your baby because I could give her this deadly disease. And people need other people, especially like we were like, it's like we were designed to be around other human beings. Yeah. And, and when you take that away and it becomes the screen, like we all just plug into the the screen we plug into the matrix and talk to each other on the screen and you know it's okay you have social networks to be social on that is not healthy and that you know that was sad in seattle i watched kids i lived on the block with get fat like mm-hmm. regular cool kids just normal like athletic kids get fat because they're just sitting at home they're told to sit home be afraid put on a mask play video games look at netflix eat food it's just it's so insidious. That, that's healthy <laughs> yeah, that's that, the, and, that, and the, yeah, they're, they're the virtuous ones by staying at home. Right. So I'm super encouraged by you talking about these freedom cells and just getting yeah. out to be around other people. Totally, it's huge. Yeah, if anybody's curious about that, <clears throat> kind of my my spiel on that is is it's you go to freedom cells plural freedomcells.org and you look and just look in your community. There, you know, if there isn't a freedom cell, you should start one and just start. You know, if you build it, they will come. People will gravitate towards it. And that was kind of my What was the website again? I'll put it in the show notes. It's freedomcells.org. It started by Derek Bros and John Bush, two, you know, two of my favorite people. Awesome. But uh, have you, uh, so like, yeah, man, like just, have you guys ever heard of, it's called Biderman's Chart of Coercion. Have you ever seen that? Mm -mm. Okay. It's a good one to look up. So check it. It's like B-I-D-E-R-M-A-N. Biderman's Chart of Coercion. And it's basically a tool designed to demonstrate and explain the coercive methods of stress manipulation used to torture prisoners of war. Oh, and I did look at this. I actually yeah. read this. I read this to uh, to uh, Andrew a couple shows ago. Okay, good, good, good. So it's like they know exactly what they're doing. Like they're yeah. you just you're using the playbook almost. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like for anybody listening, it's like isolation. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you deprive the victim of social support. Monopolization of perception fixes attention on immediate predicament. Mm-hmm. Humiliation, exhaustion, threats, occasional indulgences. Like right now, hey, they lifted the mask mandate. Yeah, right. Right, right in time for the war propaganda. In, which, yeah. Oh, God. You know, Enforce, enforcing trivial demands, demonstrating omnipotence or superiority of power, threats, humiliation, degradation, control or distortion of perceptions, and isolation. Yeah. As well as exhaustion and occasional indulgences. Yeah. It's brutal, man. Like, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I, I haven't thought about it too much yet, but I, I definitely think that there was a reason they went covid and then World War Three propaganda. There's, yep. you know, you're afraid of one thing to <laughs> too afraid of another. But and then they they give you the common enemy to hate. Like oh, you know, it's like 1984. You're two minutes of hate or whatever every hate. day. And now it's a, oh, show the evil Putin or yeah, what have you. But uh, yeah, well, I think that COVID kind of they were they were able to. <clears throat> I think they were able to test out a lot of the kinks or like, you know, get it, figure out, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Right. And also kind of lay the ground, the infrastructure for this digital ID stuff. Like it's all about the digital ID. It's all about the, um, you know, digital dollar, social credit score. I feel like that's where we're being driven towards. Mm-hmm. And some of these, uh, like all these sanctions and things are like, we saw a little bit with Canada, like seizing bank accounts with, um, you know, Russia with all of the, the financial, like the Swift, pulling them off of like the Swift system, which is like, you know, just some big bank communication tool, like, but basically like inching towards the solution. Like we're in the, we're in the, we're right. the problem phase of the problem reaction solution paradigm, where eventually we're going to get to the point where they're going to present to us on a silver platter. Hey, we can fix all these problems with a digital dollar and, yeah. and, and you just use yeah, the, your, your little tracking app, you know, the last 30 days have been quite the window into the liberal dystopia that they want for us. Right. We have, <laughs> yep. Hey, here's a uh, Patreon. You can donate to this. Ooh, or what was it? GoFundMe. Yeah. Ooh, but not to those yeah. things. You can't donate. So we're going to take your money and then, yeah. Oh, you, you guys donated to the wrong thing. Ooh, yep. we're going to shut off your bank account and yep. Hey, Elon, you know, there's all those uh, Teslas in Russia. You can go ahead and shut them off. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what, that, that would be great. And it's like, oh yeah, this is this, this sounds great. Six, and I can't tell you, I've actually it's working. By the way, I hate to say yeah. this, but I've been out amongst the normies for the last four or five days, and I've heard a lot of references to. You know, I was thinking about getting an electric car. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh, it's working. It's going to drive some people who can afford it into it. So, uh, best of luck to you driving cross country at the second highest gas prices in history. I know, dude. Like I was, <laughs> I was thinking I dr- about I that too. I like, drove, I drove to Colorado in 2008, the summer of 2008. Okay, and it, and it was like the high, like it was right under a, a Biden or not Biden? Oh, yeah, oh Biden, Obama, same thing. Oh Biden, yeah, yeah same thing. But yeah, it was uh, brutal. I was paying like five bucks a gallon the whole way. I was like, oh, this is yeah. Great. Yeah. That's just what I've signed up for, I guess. It's, like, it's I, I was thinking, like, I have to have like a have a line in the sand. Like, okay, if it gets up above this price, I'm just gonna go. Yeah. If it gets above <laughs> six, like right now, it's like four seventy five. Like, if it goes above seven in Oregon, I'm just gonna say, sorry, boss, I'm leaving. I'm out. Yeah. So but, you're still you're you're at a different freedom center now or different uh, recovery center now. No, I'm actually so I went back to a job that I used to have. Ah, um, gotcha. Like uh, I'm just working at a countertop fabrication shop right now, which is oh. pretty chill. I just get to listen to headphones, books on tape all day. So and, uh, you do? Yeah, granite, it's not too bad. Granite and, counters. Uh, was that granite? No, it's uh, just Corian, basically. Okay. Um, just uh, like synthetic countertop, but 
you got the big CNC machine that cuts him, and then they glue yeah. up the the front little build up thing, and then we just sand them, polish them. I ran a CNC way. machine for a granite fabrication company years ago. Nice, years yeah. and years ago. It was right right after I got sober, actually. Like exactly. So this is like one of the jobs I got right after I got yeah. clean, and like it's so like a small family business. Five and, or uh, six, I think I was there. So that's cool. And yeah, and uh, they've been really good to me, man. Like they they actually just moved shops a couple of weeks ago, and so we're in a brand new shop. Super nice. Uh, but that put us back like a couple weeks on production. So we're working like we were working seven days a week and now we're down to like six days a week, 10 hour days. So I'm just stacking the overtime. And there's no shortage, no shortage of money coming in. That's the weirdest thing, right? In Seattle, yep. Oregon, all these places, all these people have money and they need to buy stuff for their home, countertops. I mean, yep. remodeling. If I'm going to be locked at home, I'm going to make it look nice. And so they're oh, yeah. all paying all this money. And it's like, oh, turns out you don't need. Uh, a college education you need a good trade i can't tell you how many range rovers i sold to yeah. regular people who had a good trade that were like yeah oh. i'm an electrician and i'm killing it right now yeah and even when i'm off i'm off work i'm doing side jobs because yeah none of these techies that are all like let's stay at home forever can do anything yeah exactly oh man that's one of the things i, I even like yeah i would love to go back and start over and learn how to like weld or something man i'm gonna need something <laughs> for after the collapse, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. We'll see. I'm just trying. I'm, I'm my strategy is try to be n- nice to the people who do know how to do things. Exactly. So that when you know, when exactly. when I really need those people, that they they won't turn me away. There's there's also the um, a guy I used to know in Arizona. He's like he's like, oh no, I don't worry about getting food. He's like, I just get lots of guns. If yeah. you have guns, you can always get food. Uh, I, I heard someone. I heard someone say that if you're storing food and you don't have weapons, you're just storing food for other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, man. So yeah, it's it's exciting times. You know, I think kind of the the biggest takeaway for me out of all this, you know, I'm uh, well, a couple things. A couple things I, I think it's worth mentioning. Just like you know how powerful and invigorating it is to like stand in your truth and just realize that, okay, these are my principles and being able to stand on your principles, regardless of how hard it gets, like you lose jobs, you're going to get ostracized. People are just going to, you're going to lose friends, you're going to lose family, all that stuff. But now that the smoke's clearing and then people's coming back to reality, maybe a little bit, it's like, that's right. You know, I didn't change, man. Like I, I'm still standing mm-hmm. here very flat footed, right where I always was. And that's very, very empowering. Had I chicken in or capitulated or anything like that, that about, you know, that would be a horrible thing to have to live with. So really proud of sticking my ground and like sticking to my principles and convictions. Like that's huge. You know, all of us and you guys too, like doing, putting your money where your mouth is like voting with your feet, like saying, that's it. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. You know, it's good to live like a principled life. And then, you know, now this just reinforces it even more. So we will be the ones who will kind of be there to, you know, re-energize this new world, you know, for the better. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, I saw, I, I think it was pretty recently United airlines started hiring back yep. the, yeah. the yeah. unvaxxed, Last you know, week. there, yeah. there's been quite a bit of that of like, at least social media wise of people saying, Oh yeah. You know, my job that fired me for not getting the vax called me and asked if I wanted it back. I told them no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I had a, I had a flight attendant lived across the street from me at my old house she had been there for 23 years and she wow. just made the cutoff for people that were getting laid off uh, wow. when COVID first started. They were laying off anyone who hadn't been there for over 22 years. 
Oh, wow. Oof. And that was beginning of COVID. Then after COVID, they brought them all back. And then they basically put the vaccine mandate down and then sent them all home that wouldn't take it. So it's, you know, and it's also one of the worst airlines. Like, what what, what good ever came out of Chicago? I'm just kidding. Somebody's probably from Chicago. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that's funny. Mm. Yeah, man. And I guess there's something to be mentioned, too. You know, like, I did have a friend reach out to me recently that basically said the same thing. And I, I've been hearing this a lot lately, you know. I was kind of uh, pondering it on a recent episode. I think it's one of the ones I haven't even put out yet. But anyway, um, kind of just the notion that it's weird. Like a lot of people are having the same experience where people before reaching out and being like, hey, man, I'm sorry, this and that. And the person who reached out to me, I was very close friends with this person, extremely close. Our birthdays were one day apart, like same year and everything. And so we would always like, you know, we were like birthday buddies. We'd always do these like awesome like trips like on our birthday and stuff and yeah, no, but I like just kind of went our separate ways during this whole thing. It wasn't like we had ever gotten in a fight. It's just I'd never heard from them. You know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, just reached back out and said, hey, look, you know, I'm just I've been thinking a lot. And I'm just really sorry that I let all our differences come between us. And I thought the way that that was phrased was perfect. It's like they don't have to like capitulate. They don't have to like go against uh, their values. All they have to say is just like, you know, I'm sorry I let our differences come between us. And it got me thinking like, is there anywhere in my life where it's like, okay, maybe I let my differences come between whatever. But bottom line is like, I don't need to apologize or change my view or my stance or anything, but just realizing that we can just go back to the way it was before. We can have our differences and it's okay. We don't need to let our differences define us and we don't need to let right. that be the the thing that divides us. Like, and then, then having grace for people and allowing them to, when they wreck, when they, when they do come in that, in that, you know, maybe it's not even an apology. It's just like, Hey, like, let's just put our differences aside. Like, that's great. I love it. And we ended up going out last night and had coffee and now, you know what it was, it was their, it was their five years. They celebrated, they celebrated five years last night. So nice. we went and got coffee and then went to a meeting and it was great. Super cool. Yeah. And, it, and I think on the interpersonal level, that's absolutely correct. Uh, you yeah. know, we we need to kind of forgive and forget. On the political level, we need we need to yes. never forget. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll totally never forget what they wanted to do to us because they still want to do it to us. They're still working towards that, and just because they lift this mandate or that mandate until they it's written into definitive law that they can never decide to violate that they can never do it again. There's never that option. Yeah. Then the, you, the political part of it's not, not over. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You're hundred percent right. Yeah. Those are very different paradigms. Yeah. 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 But when we have people in our lives that are trying to like, you know, when the, once the veil lifts on their end. Yeah. But I guess if Anthony Fauci were to come up to me directly and be like, Hey man, I'm sorry about all that. I'd be like, Oh no, I'm not going to, I'm knocking that short dude out. I'm working There's on no a new way. vaccine. It, it, it'll only give like, you know, half the number of people heart attacks is this one. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, brother, you burn that bridge, man. There's no going back. <laughs> yeah. well, where do we go from here, right? Like that, that clearly, I mean, you have a big heart and you're willing to forgive people that came to come to you and apologize. I think I would be too, but I've certainly not forgot, kind of like Andrew said. Yeah. So where do we go from here? The lines have been, battle lines have been drawn. And oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that just because everybody's like, oh, Ukraine, let's all move on oh, to God. Ukraine, that it's yeah. all over. No. I think that the battle lines, drawn lines are going to remain in people's heads. Whether totally. they stick with them themselves or not, they're going to remember 
Remember that guy that that replied to everybody and said, "There's a way to get out of these vaccine mandates," and then he got fired. <laughs> like I think that guy might have been onto a couple of things, and I think I might want to live a life more like that, or get in touch with that guy, or or even just you know know that I'm not alone. I I th- you know I think that that sort of thing is cool if that happens. But on the other hand, the battle lines were drawn, and there yeah. were many, many, many yep. bootlickers. Oh, yeah. There was people who were like, oh, but the government says. Yeah. Oh, but that government says you got to do this. Oh, but the government said you're a baddie and I'm a goodie and I can do what I want. And, you know, Black Lives Matter is okay and we can burn down Portland and Seattle. Yeah. And it's okay. But your protest for, you know, freedom and vaccine mandates (laughs) to be ended. That's the so-called freedom. So-called freedom protesters, the the white supremacists and whatnot. Yep. That's all still with people, unfortunately. And where do we go from here? Do you guys think like is the next phase World War two, three, excuse me, three, uh, two, definitely not uh, three, or is it civil war or is it just, they're just going to send us directly into economic collapse. And so we're not going to have to worry too much about this. And if it does, if none, even if none of those things happen, where are we as we move forward with these battle lines that were a hundred percent drawn and they're trying to like make it now, like never mind on all those. And like, Literally, the Liberal Party, the the people who want to get elected again in the midterms, mm-hmm. are having to go back so fast that they're losing like support from people who, you know, there's a walkout in Portland two days ago to protest the end of of uh, mask mandates at, yeah. the, at the high school. So, w- if that contingency still exists, how do we move forward, and how could this be used against us, and how do we stop it? Oh well. So I've, I've kind of had some epiphanies when it comes to that whole paradigm. And uh, one of the big ones is, I was listening to, I've talked about this on the show too, so, but whatever. So <laughs> my, my kind of my guilty pleasure is Alex Jones. I just, I, oh, I sure. usually yeah. stay plugged into Alex Jones. I listen to him pretty yeah. much every day just to yeah. get it. Cause he's got, he's got some good takes and he's like, they've always got like the, 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 the current, current, current stuff going on. So anyway. You're amongst you, friends. We, we both we both have disliked and liked and listened to. Yeah, yeah. you know, Alex <laughs> has definitely has his place in all this. Yeah, yeah, I just so I just say it's my guilty pleasure. But anyway, so he uh, he was doing this rant one day and and just fairly recently, a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, "All right, we have two choices. We can either just roll over and take this, or we can fight him. We can fight him." And I'm just like, "Well, now hold on, hold on, because now there is a third choice." But nobody seems mm-hmm. to want to be talking about this third choice. And to me, it seems like the third choice is like the only option. And like I've heard it say like John Bush, one of the founders of Freedom Cells, he has this whole other project called Exit and Build. Um, Parallel like, economy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like we don't like the whole goal. And for me, this is really, really, really where my heart is at. Is just like I just want to like build up a life to where I just – it doesn't matter what the government does. It doesn't matter. Like I, like I, we, I just focus on – getting out as much as possible. They want us trapped. They want us, they want us like, you know, investing all this anger and energy towards each other. And they want to just steal our energy and suck us dry and, and not build focusing on ourselves and not um, building. And so whatever that looks like, you know, whether it's um, just to even like just planting a garden in the backyard, I've been listening to several like homesteading podcasts and like some of them have these like sayings, like, you know, instead of, the hill that you're going to die on, how about the hill you're going to grow on, right? Mm. Or resistance is fertile, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, 
Instead of do not comply, it's do not rely. Like completely remove our reliance on the system. 100%, as much as possible, which is hard to do because like this one homesteader mm-hmm. guy, he's like, he's like, he's doing the deal full blown. And he's like, even he's like, and I'm, and I'm still like 70% relying on the system. You know what I mean? Like I still have still to get gas and I still have to pay taxes for my business and blah, 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 you know? But as much as we can, but he's living in Idaho, like doing the full blown homestead and business thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, but we can, we can make that be our, our ideal and, and do as much as we can to work towards that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I feel that's really the only solution. Like we will never overthrow the government. We will never win in a hot civil war. Right. You know, yeah. all of these things, like the, the only, the people that are going to survive, whatever's going to come are the people who invested the time now in building community and, uh, you know, gaining skills and just probably getting out of big Democrat run cities and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just like disheartening. I'm like, why isn't, why don't they talk about it? They, I mean, they, I've heard Alex talk about it a little bit, but they don't really, these big, you know, big media type, they don't talk about that solution at all, at all. And I'm like, I'm wondering if that's like, my epiphany was like, God, I wonder if they're doing that on purpose. <laughs> I'm sad. Like we should just be, you know, this last couple of years I've been reading, like it really started with this book called The Conscious Resistance Trilogy by Derek Bros. And uh, he's one of the Freedom Cell founders. And he, he really talks about, there's a lot of like talk about just anarchy, you know, and like a lot, reimagine a world without government, right? From like more of like a libertarian standpoint. And uh, the concept of agorism, which is the parallel economies and the counter economics and that sort of stuff. And, and what he was describing is a lot of stuff that I was like doing already, you know, with the Freedom Cell movement. I'm like, crap, yes, that's kind of what, I'm aligned with these days. And I just, uh, I feel like um, that is the solution, man. Like whatever we can do to cut the government out of our lives as much as we possibly can. And hopefully in a perfect world, the government will make enough of a fool of themselves that it draws more people to what it is that we're doing and what we're building. And the way, uh, so in that, in that book, that Derek Bro's book, it led me to another book called The New Libertarian Manifesto by a guy named Samuel Konkin. It goes by S.E.K. the third. And he does this cool thought experiment where he describes like an agorist society, like takes it back from like, imagine it's like mass adoption. Like the whole world is like this cool, like agorist society. And like the, the, the minority is like this little group that wants to hold on to like state run government. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and he walks it backwards from, okay, that's the reality where the, 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 the whole idea of agorism has been adopted by most of humanity. And then he walks it back to like the third stage where I was like, eh, it was kind of like, like there was like a skirmish or something. You know what I mean? But he like walks it back to today. What can we do today? And it's really just starting like small groups of like eight and just building community and just, just right. growing your friend circle and then networking with the other group of eight down the road, you know? And yeah, cho- choosing who you spend your time with, who you spend, you know, stop spending money with companies that hate you. Yeah, it's exactly. Kind of a, it's a good yeah. first First step. And, you know, we've talked about it on our podcast for years. You know, I feel, I always feel guilty paying taxes. It's like, oh, yeah. well, what, what, you know, foreign countries are going to get bombed with these tax dollars. Totally. And th- they're then, not going to actually you know, bomb and, a country. They're just going to send the money to that country. Like they're not actually going to bomb <laughs> it. They're just, just going to send like $8 billion <laughs> to that country yeah, to yeah. let them bomb their own people. They're not going to. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, but uh, totally. yeah, th- this is 
yeah, we're we're on the, the same track there. I I did a uh, Substack post that I'll plug on Ukraine war propaganda and the nice. domestic war of terror. That's yep. that's coming there. Yep. And um, inspired, or you can say ripped off, and in, in part from Whitney Webb's article and um, Ryan talking about the that article of you know the new Al Qaeda. So they yeah. they are building when the government uh, is saying things that just don't make any sense. We can't just totally laugh it off, right? It's it's because that's the agenda, that's what's being built, and it was kind of the the same thing with the oh Putin's about to invade, Putin's about to invade. It's going to be a false flag and crisis actors like just crazy stuff that got all of our attention, uh, you know? Because it's like wait, wait a second. You know, up until two weeks ago, you said false flags and crisis actors didn't exist, and now you're like predicting it. Mm-hmm. But they're they're going to manip- manipulate that and get everyone fired up over this Ukraine thing, and then, oh, by the way, yeah, you know those uh, Ukrainians you were supporting, and um, oh, they they're a bunch of neo Nazis. So you were supporting a neo Nazi group. So if you decide to be you know, speak up against anything here. Now you're a no, you're a known supporter of neo Nazis. So this is, you know, it, it all boomerang back back around, and it's focused, at least in our country, on us and in Canada on the Canadians. You know, mm-hmm. the same same thing. Like, oh, just forget those trucker protests. Just worry about Ukraine now, and we're, we'll have the president of Ukraine speaking to the to Parliament and to Congress and everything else. So it's it's. That's what that's where they want it to go, and you're 100 percent right. You know, by creating a, a parallel economy and just a whole separate real life system, that's what we can do. You know, we yep. can't control foreign policy, we can't control economic yep. policy, and the the silver lining of the economic collapse is that's probably the only way that the world empire falls apart. Yeah. Right. I mean, it it doesn't fall apart if uh, if the economy if they if the petrodollar stays strong, then the wars continue. So. Yeah. Honestly, you know, wow. I mean, I've thought a lot about that too. Like the whole Anglo-American establishment, you know, is uh, has got us into this mess the last two hundred years. Good lord. Like. I mean, they're is not that, all is that, American. Is, There's a lot of English people. In, well, that's not, the Anglo part, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's what they call it, right? The old the Milners and the Rose, yeah. Cecil Rhodes, all the way back, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. all those crazy <laughs> cut us into this mess by lineage. Like, dude, <laughs> like if if that's what it takes to to free human, I mean, I don't know. So, so okay, so we so, bring it all down and the Great Reset, but it doesn't. Here's here's what I hope. Okay, yeah, let's bring all this down. The imperialism, all the awfulness, the wars exploitation, all that. They pull the great resource, but then we swoop in right at the last minute, and like just like rim check them and then install our own. Beautiful. <laughs> right? There you go. So we'll let them collapse it and then we'll swoop in right then and build our, there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, there is a certain amount of, you know, and Alex Jones has talked about this for years. Like they are weakest when they try to really push forward. Like this yeah. is, and I, th- I think there is an element that it's still being run by a bunch of 80-year-olds that yeah. don't get that the internet 
changed everything. Yeah. And they, they don't get that. Like we, we do know you're lying. Like just because you control what's on CBS, NBC and ABC doesn't mean that everyone believes that anymore. And there's mm-hmm. been much more sophisticated propaganda where they, you know, try to get the alternative media to focus on certain things and, and to go in a certain direction, you know, kind of just the reflexive, like, okay, we'll, we're not going to buy your story about Ukraine. So we're not going to support Ukraine, but we'll support Putin because now, now, you know, if, if Putin's not the bad guy, he must be the good guy. You know, that, that sort of control, kind of the really simplistic uh, level of, well, you, you know, it's a lie, but you're just believing a different lie instead. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the, you know, I think it has changed where, where there is some hope. You know, and yeah. it's it's not a. If we compare now to like early nine eleven truth days, like the the number of people that are awake to at least some stuff is is much much greater. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope, and and, and I feel like there's just this weird parallel emergence of both. Like the harder they push, the more people wake up, and it's like mm-hmm. it's this. The more evil or the more darkness that's being thrust upon the world, the more light and good that's being generated out of it. Maybe not necessarily even in response to it, but just, just concurrently. Like it's just like this influx of energy on both sides. is just everywhere. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> like, instead of uh, being willing to pay a few extra bucks for gas to support a foreign war, I'd, I'd be willing to pay a few extra bucks for gas just to, to support some peace. Everyone's yeah. wow, you know? absolutely. Hey, that's a great, that's a great meme right there. Wow. <laughs> It's awesome. Or a t-shirt. Hey, I'll pay more for gas for some peace. Well, no bullets. <laughs> yeah. No bullets, dude. And, and that was and, one of my jokes, too, with this whole Ukraine thing. I was like, yes, dude, we can just get back to the good old days of just, you know, <laughs> being against the war. That's it. Like, that's great. Like, I could yeah. do this yeah. all day long. Yes. This, this is our, our podcasting roots there. So Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Heck yeah. Sweet, guys. Man. Well, <laughs> and th- thanks for coming on the show, Scott. And My if pleasure. you're, you know, if you're needing a break while you're passing through Oklahoma territory, stop on by. We'll we'll get you some barbecue out here, dude. I I will probably take you up on that, honestly. Yeah, yeah, so we'll definitely stay definitely in touch. You. So, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. This has been really cool, and uh, yeah, I'm just following your guys' footsteps. So, thank you for letting so, me know it's possible and encouraging me, and letting me know that it's going to be worth it. And everybody yeah. I've talked to, everybody I've talked to. In fact, I've even met a few people recently who are here from Tennessee. It's kind of a weird synchronicity. I've met like three or four people here in Oregon that, that like I saw a Tennessee license plate. Some guy that just started working at the shop and I'm like, oh, you from Tennessee? He's like, so anyway, you know what I mean? Just like weird synchronicities and every one of them's like, oh, you're going to love it. It's awesome. So yep. I'm yep. encouraged. Yep. So yeah, de- definitely be, be excited, be encouraged to do I think it'll be a, a new new adventure and a good thing. And you really will feel the difference once you get once you get out of there. It's hard to yeah. explain, but it, yeah. is, it it suddenly becomes a little more difficult to like pay attention and realize that bad stuff's still happening. Yeah. <laughs> other than to, real other yeah. than like thinking that that's the only stuff going on, you know. Yeah, totally. It's, but, it's easier to live in your own world. Once you get out of yeah. there, it's uh, it also encouraged me to, to talk to people like, oh, yeah, you're going to love getting out of there. You just got to get out of there. But so.
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So safe travels in uh, awesome. Let's keep in touch. We'll do. We'll do. And yeah, if your listeners want to check out the new show, man, like we're on like all podcast players. It's rebunked.news is the website. And you just find links to all the video platforms too. Like rockfin.com is kind of the main video platform. Um, okay. Super good about freedom of speech. Do you see, uh, do, do you do a video podcast? Or yep. Is it- yep. It's audio and video. Yep. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Yep. In fact, dude, I don't know. Did you see we were like Truthzilla was on Infowars, a band.video, video, dude. Like we got band.video channel. I was super stoked about that. So that was the hardest thing to walk away from. So. Hmm. I'm going to try and build this new show well, up a should. little bit more before I have the nerve to reach back out to Rob Dew over there and be like, hey, man, I got this new show. You want to put this? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I heard him on, uh, you interviewed him on, on yeah, Trizella, yeah. so that was Yeah, that so was I've cool. got that connection, which is cool, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, that was tough I, to walk I, away from. But, yeah, you guys, check out Rebunk.news. We're, we're on fire. We're cranking. We got some big guests. I'll, I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys. So we got, I, I talked to Jamie Deluxe the other day. Um, that's coming out probably tomorrow, maybe the next day. And then I got Richard Gage from Architects and Engineers for 9-11 <laughs> or formerly Architects and Engineers for 9-11 yes. Truth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, he is formerly from there. Yeah. Uh, he's coming on on Thursday and hopefully get that episode out within a few days and going on with Ricky Verandas this week too. So Nice. From the Ripple Effect. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. Good times. Good times. So, well, keep, keep up the good work and, and we're looking forward to keeping tabs on you and on that, totally. on that journey. Yeah. We'll have to do this again soon, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming Thanks on. Scott. And, uh, yeah, if you ever, I'll shoot you an email or text or whatever. Cool. If you ever want to just chat about stuff. Awesome, man. That's perfect. I love it. All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-